Live and local, this is The Game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Well, good afternoon. How are you? It's, uh, hope you had a fabulous weekend. It's Monday, February 27th, the year 2023. We've got a couple of days left, and then we flip it over to March. And you know what that means. That means madness, and then Augusta, and all kind of fun stuff going your way. We've got a lot to talk about, LSU baseball. Uh, Let's get it out of the way. No, they're not going to be... Go through the season undefeated. That's out of the way, thanks to Iowa. But they did bounce back against Sam Houston. They got a busy week this week with a game Tuesday, tomorrow at Texas. Um, Then it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So we've got that. Over 15,700 people watching a women's basketball game on a Sunday early evening. Absolutely amazing. We'll talk about that. The latest bracketology as we get ready for the end of the regular season of college basketball then the conference tournaments begin and on and on we go we'll talk about the pelicans as they are flirting with danger because the because the lakers they are coming dame had 71 and the blazers they are coming and right now the pels are in the 10th spot the last of the play-in games. They've got a ball game tonight. We'll talk about their problems. And um, LSU loses another um, defensive back going to the NFL. These stories and much, much more. As my main man, James Mesh, sits in the producer's chair inside the game studios, which are on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 104.1 in Lake Charles, streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. We are, um, our telephone number, 337-706-0111. It's the game hotline, 337-706-0111. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can also see us on television as we are simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Did you miss the headlines of the day? Not to worry. The Blonde Bomber has you covered. Here is Holtberg's headlines. I don't know where to begin, but when you can get over close to 16,000 people inside the P. Maravich Assembly Center, that says a lot. An all-time Pete's Palace record crowd, 15,721 showed up to watch LSU's women's basketball team close out their regular season with a 74-59 win over Mississippi State. Holy cow. I, I got to be honest with you. I, that just, again, shows me never say never. Never thought I'd see that day, but they did it. Kim Mulkey, hats off to you. The regular season is over. LSU has a bit of a break before they play in the SEC tournament in Greenville, South Carolina, this coming Friday. 
at 5 p.m. as the number two seed. Their first game will be against the winner of number 10, Auburn versus number seven, Georgia. Um, how about these numbers? And which is more impressive to you? Angel Reese for LSU women's basketball. Her weekly numbers, 23 points, 18 rebounds versus Vanderbilt. 23 points, 26 rebounds versus Mississippi State, tying Sylvia Fowles' double-double record. She was named the SEC Co-Player of the Week. That's impressive. How about Dylan Cruz of the LSU baseball team? How about his week? He went a gaudy 10 for 14 at the plate for a 714 batting average. Three doubles, seven runs batted in, and nine runs scored. How about those numbers for those two stars on campus? What a week it was. LSU baseball um, last Tuesday beat Southern 18-4 to in seven innings. They came back Friday in the Round Rock Classic, beat Kansas State 7-3. to on Saturday, Iowa took them to the woodshed and beat the Tigers 12-4. to LSU bounced back with a 16-4 to win over Sam Houston. Dylan Cruz, the MVP of the Round Rock Classic. In those three games, he only batted 692, 9 for 13 with the bat in his hand with three doubles, seven ribbies, and six runs. Um, Cruz in the Game against Sam Houston that clinched the tournament championship. He went five for six, three doubles, four ribbies, four runs. Amazing. On the year, Dylan Cruz hitting 565 with three doubles, one homer, nine ribbies, and 13 runs scored. We will talk with Bill Frankes. And one of the questions I'm going to ask Bill as the voice of the uh, of Alec Box Stadium and the longtime sports information director for LSU baseball, Dylan Cruz, Alex Bregman. Difference? What, what is what does he notice that's similar? What does he notice that's different? Dylan Cruz is much bigger, much stronger. Alex Bregman, tenacious, tenacious. So we'll talk to Bill about that. Glenn West will join us. Um, after Bill, we'll talk about LSU hoops, the men's team, um, golly beat Vanderbilt, go on the road and lose to Ole Miss who fired, um, their basketball coach and my good friend, Kermit Davis jr. Fired him. Uh, and Ole Miss went and took care of LSU. Now they get Missouri at home on Wednesday night with their last home game of the regular season. So we've got all of that coming your way. Meanwhile, um, let's see. Let's see. An LSU defensive back quietly declared for the NFL draft, and that cornerback is seven banks, instead of returning to LSU next season. He had one more year of eligibility remaining, um, and this makes a, a defensive back unit that is, is already kind of shallow, makes them even more shallow. And that places a lot of pressure on these portal transfers to step in 
and produce. We'll talk with Blake Rafino uh, about that in our number two. Shelby Mast will join us as he always does um, on a Monday at this time of the year because we're coming down to cases. We're coming down to um, March Madness, and we need to find out who's going to be there. Houston stays at number one in the poll. Uh, Alabama is at number two. Kansas is at number three. UCLA, who just won the Pac-12 championship with a win over Colorado, is at number four. Purdue, 24-5. and five. Representing the Big Ten is at number five. Marquette, Shaka Smart doing the job uh, for the former university that Al McGuire um, reigned over is number six. Uh, the next SEC school is Tennessee at 12. Um, and that's Kentucky's moved up to 23. Texas A&M is at 24. So uh, the SEC doing pretty well. Kentucky's on a roll uh, Texas A&M suffered a loss, but uh, not a debilitating one by any stretch of the imagination. So we'll go over the seed lines with with Shelby Mass. Just because LSU's not in it doesn't mean we don't follow it, right? Doesn't mean we don't follow it. Ah, and then the NBA, um, Pelicans, struggling, got blown out by the New York Knicks. They weren't even in it. And Willie Green questioned the, the mindset of this club. And right now, after losing three straight and being below 500 at 30 and 31, the Pelicans are tied with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Timberwolves have the nine seed. Pelicans have the 10 seed. Portland's just a half a game back. L.A., the Lakers are just one game back. The Lakers have won three in a row, including a big time come from behind, 27 points down at one time to rally to beat the Dallas Mavericks. Now, the Pels, um, heck, they're a game and a half out of the sixth spot. So this thing is so tight and so, but man, they got to get a sense of urgency and they've got to start figuring out how to open up games and play because, once they get behind, they are not the type. They're a good front-running team. They get ahead, they're good. You put the Pels down 27, they're not coming back. There is no way on earth. So those are some of your local headlines today. Softball, UL beat LSU in Baton Rouge on a Saturday. LSU goes to Lampson Park on a Sunday and beats UL. Two very, very good teams, very, very good programs, very, very well coached. Uh, that was awesome. That was some good stuff. All right. Uh, we'll take our first timeout of the day when we come back. Bill Frankes with the LSU Baseball Report. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You know, you can win a VIP package for Michael's Men's Club Aerial Angels event on March the 8th by sending a simple text message. To score a table for four with bottle service and appetizers, simply join the Games Text Club by texting ANGELS to 337-283-8100. That's ANGELS, A-N-G-E-L-S, to 337-283-8100. Once you are a member, you'll be eligible to score tickets to see Michael's Men's Club, Aerial Angels, courtesy of the Games Text Club. 
Also, later today on Crunch Time, the fellows will have a call-in to win for two winners for a pair of tickets for the show. So be sure to tune in to Crunch Time. Tune in every weekday at 8.15 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. for the LSU Sports Update, presented by Tibbs Trailers here on The Game, 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, we are back, and uh, great to be uh, joined by my good friend uh, who is um, still in the great city of Austin because after the Round Rock Classic, LSU plays at Texas tomorrow evening. The voice of um, Alec Box Stadium, the longtime SI Sports Information Director for LSU Baseball, and just one of the good guys in the business. Bill Frank is kind enough to join us. William, how are you, sir? Hey, Jordy, doing well. You know, we just actually just walked into our second hotel of this uh, week-long odyssey. Uh, we journeyed down uh, south from Round Rock to into Austin. We're literally right across the interstate from the University of Texas campus. Uh, just walk, walking into the hotel here, and team is uh, getting checked into their rooms and getting set to go to practice a little later. So, uh, so far, it's been a very productive trip. Of course, the Tigers uh, were the champs of the Round Rock Classic, so that got us off to, to a great start this weekend. Are all the carpets there like a burnt orange? Do they go overboard there in, in Austin? <laughs> I've not yet, at least not in the hotel lobby. Not in the hotel. The okay. hotel lobby is, is, okay. is pretty much what you'd see anywhere for a, a double tree. But well, it uh, sounds yeah, like you're doing great, but Jordan, I don't know who plant, could possibly. I'm looking out the window, and I see that. I don't know if you. Did you ever? Did you guys ever play here at UT? Yes, yes, yeah. Long time I'm ago, in the, the drum. Yeah, yes, the drum. So I literally, I'm, the drum is directly across the street from the window. I'm looking at it right now. It's it's uh it's quite a, it's kind of an eyesore actually, but uh, yeah. it was, <laughs> but it was I, an I eyesore. It's a legendary back, arena. It was an eyesore back when I played. I can't imagine. <laughs> anyway, um, you're doing well, but I can't imagine anybody feeling better about themselves and about life than Dylan Cruz. What a week. Oh, man. Gosh, incredible. Uh, he hit 714 for the entire week, including the, the Southern game back on Tuesday. Batted 692 in the three games in Round Rock. Was named the MVP of the tournament. Yesterday, it was incredible. Five for six. Three doubles, which tied the LSU single game record. Uh, he had seven RBI for the tournament and uh, led LSU uh, to the tournament championship. The Tigers, with the big win yesterday, by virtue of run differential, were declared the champs of the tourney since all three school three schools were 2-1, and one, LSU, Iowa, and Sam Houston. So Tigers uh, were able to claim that, that championship belt. It looked like a WWE wrestling belt. So they were pretty excited to bring that. Uh, uh, they will be excited to bring it back to Baton Rouge. But, yeah, Cruz is amazing. The, the kid is incredible. I, you know, Jay said after the game that, He's definitely the best player I've ever coached. And he said that's saying a lot because Jay had 14 former players play Major League Baseball this past season. And he says Dylan is definitely the best he's ever coached. So All right. uh, that's a big gonna... statement. And I think, I, think, I think we're looking forward to some more incredible exploits from him. All right. So he, Jay hadn't been around here a long time. You have. I, I, yeah. I'm trying to see, compare and contrast. Because, I mean, the most notable – LSU baseball player in the big leagues is Alex Bregman. Um, yes. 
Now you got Dylan Cruz. You've seen them both at the best mm-hmm. of times, the worst of times. Give me some comparisons. Give me some contrasting things. Uh, you know what? Do, what do you see in in them that's similar? Well, when I see similar, I see obviously work ethic, work ethic, character, um, being a good teammate despite the fact you're a superstar, sacrificing your own needs for the needs of the team. I I think Bregman did that when he was here, and I think Dylan does it now. Uh, There are different players in that. I think Dylan's more physical. He's he's, he's bigger. Uh, He's more physical, imposing, stronger player, more power than Bregman. Uh, probably a better athlete, overall athlete because I mean, he can roam center field. And right. I think even Alex Bregman himself, I believe I saw a quote from him or a tweet from him near the beginning of Dylan Cruz's career here at LSU, and he said, I'm not even in Dylan Cruz's class. <laughs> even Alex Bregman realizes the potential of Cruz, and he is the true 5 tool player, Jordy. I mean, he's yeah. got power, speed, uh, everything you want. Uh, throwing, great throwing arm. He, he uh, exhibited a great throwing arm from the outfield in yesterday's game as well. So he can do it all. He, and as Jay said yesterday, what's, what he's most proud of Dylan is the fact that he continues to develop. He continues to seek ways to improve. He's really worked on, on his defense, for example. He's an outstanding defensive center fielder now. You, you may remember as a freshman, he mostly played right field. Right. But now uh-huh. he's, developed, he's developed into a fantastic center fielder. So he, he really checks all the boxes in every possible category you want in an elite baseball player. Man, that's that's uh, that's some high company there. Let's get it out of the way. Yeah. Good job. Uh, now everybody can say that, yes, LSU is not going to go through the college baseball season undefeated. So we, <laughs> that's we, right. we got that, that's right. we got got that, that nonsense out of the way. Out of the way. Um, yeah. yeah. Every, Every day's different, you know. You Iowa, you know, they pay their coach, and they're a big, you know, big school. Uh, Twelve to four. Can you explain what what happened there? So it was just an, a case where LSU just failed to capitalize on some a lot of opportunities. Now the, okay. the pitcher we faced, the starting pitcher we faced, a kid named Brody Brett. He is a big time prospect for the twenty twenty four draft. He's likely to be selected early in the first round next year. He's kind of a freak. He's a football player, plays wide receiver for the Iowa football team, and he's kind of doing baseball on the side right now. He's not even devoted full-time to baseball. But he has a 100-mile-per-hour fastball, and he really had a devastating slider working on Saturday, 88 to 90-mile-per-hour slider. And although he walked eight batters in three and a third innings, he also (laughs) came up with some huge strikeouts in, in critical situations. The Tigers just could not. Uh, come through with scoring opportunities. And credit to Breck, and he was wild, but uh, he was also very effective, especially with that breaking pitch. And okay. the, the, reliever, the reliever for Iowa, too, this kid Simpson, the lefty, was also really good. You know, Iowa had the best team ERA in the Big Ten last year, and they're projected this year to finish third in, the, in that league, and they're also project, projected to be a regional team. So Iowa, I, I know most fans down here would think, oh my gosh, we lost to a Big Ten school, but. Uh, they are a legitimate team, and they and that was a big game for them. They needed that win. Those, the Big Ten teams need wins over schools like LSU uh, to boost their RPIs to get into the, to get into the NCAA tournament. Yeah, big win for them. All right, let's. Uh, we we talked about Dylan Cruz, and there's others we can talk about with the bat. But I'm always interested in the pitching staff. It looks like Skeens is the real deal. He went uh, six yeah. innings against Kansas State, one run, two hits, 
two walks, 11 strikeouts. He threw 101 pitches. He, he retired 17 of the final 18. So I'm not worried about him. Now let's go after right. that. What have you learned through two okay. weekend series now about this pitching staff? Well, I'll say the good news is it does appear to have a lot of depth. And I think we'll get a better idea of what it's going to look like once we see uh, Thatcher Hurd pitch again. And Jay hasn't said for sure yet, but uh, you you would think that he would start the game tomorrow night here in Austin. And he did not have a great first outing last week against Southern. But I know going into the season, he was projected to be in our starting rotation. He's a, right. a huge prospect out of high school, had a great first quarter of the season at UCLA last year before the back injury uh, shut him down. So we're, in my mind, I've got to believe that it, it, if Hurd develops the way they think he will, I think you may, you may see him in that game two starting role on the weekends at some point this year. I think that's a key is how, how does uh, Thatcher develop and you know, does he rebound from a tough outing uh, last week against Southern? I think uh, Chase Shores, who started yesterday's game, he's got the potential to be a, a big time ace for LSU. Now, not this year, but certainly he has all the tools six foot eight, 245 pounds, 99 mile power fastball. Jay says the kid has incredible poise and he did a nice job yesterday. He got the Tigers off to a good start. Uh, in the first couple of innings, then, then the bullpen came over. The, the reason they, they spread the pitching out yesterday, Jordy, was because Sam Houston was super hot at the plate coming into that game, and they had just ripped the cover off the ball uh, in their first two wins. And, and also in, in other games, where they scored 18 against McNeese earlier in the week. So wow. Jay, didn't want, Jay didn't want their lineup, didn't want any pitcher to have to go through their lineup more than once. He thought maybe okay. once their lineup saw a pitcher the second time, they might have an advantage. So that's why uh, he spread the pitching out it. and Shores uh, got off to a good start. Garrett Edwards was, was excellent in relief. That's a name that maybe, maybe folks have forgotten about because he was injured most of last year. But he was very good as a freshman, and he looks really sharp yesterday. So if he continues to develop, that'll be a big boost to the bullpen. And then uh, Blake Money, of course, uh, has looked good in his two outings. And uh, Griffin Herring, another name to watch, true freshman from the Dallas area, lefty, 93-mile-per-hour fastball from the left side. He's got a lot of talent as well. So I'm excited to see these uh, guys like Chase Shores and and Griffin Herring uh, continue to emerge. And then along with uh, Thatcher Hurd, who, of course, has has proven he can do it at this level, but, of course, he's still trying to work his way back to full health after being out most of last year. This is kind of like a, a primer for an SEC tournament down the road, maybe, because you got five yep. games in seven days. You play Tuesday, tomorrow at Texas. That's good point. Then you come back home. You got Butler on Friday, Central Connecticut yeah. State on Saturday, <laughs> the same team on yep. Sunday, and then back to Butler on Monday. So, yeah. to your point, this will test the depth of this pitching staff. That's a great point, Jordy. Yeah, that's a great point. We're going to see a lot of guys uh, you know, who haven't had many opportunities yet get those opportunities. Another freshman who hasn't pitched yet is uh, Aiden Moffitt, another a big right-hander from uh, Mississippi. And I think he will be uh, certainly a factor in, uh, in this season as well. So we may see Moffitt uh, during that four-game stretch, okay. along with all the other young guys that we've talked about already. And, uh, yeah, one good thing about this Round Rock event, you had – Three games in three days against three different teams. So yep. In a lot of ways, it mirrored an NCAA regional. So that, that's another, that's one reason why Jay especially yeah. liked this event and, and what it can mean for the team. 
I, I like it as well. Um, Texas doesn't seem to be the Texas of old. I think what yeah. three and four. What's a, what's up with the Longhorns? Yeah, you know that's a good question. I haven't looked at them too closely yet, Jordy. But I did I did glance at the record and saw saw three and four, which caught me off guard. They've dropped yeah, out of the top twenty five, but. But, you know, LSU has always struggled here in Austin. I mean, I know this is a totally different team, of course, but back in 2019, we came here and got swept in three games. And we go back to the 90s, you know, back in, in my younger days, in 1994 and in 1998, we came here and lost two out of three both times with Skip Burtman as our head coach. So it's a tough place to play. Artificial turf field. I'm sure there'll be a big crowd and it's an intimidating atmosphere for the opponent. So, but it'll be a good test for for our team. No matter, you know, Texas is still Texas, no matter what their record That's right. is. That's right. Welcome in uh, to the SEC. Um, should be yep. a, a fun one. Um, enjoy some time off if you get a chance. And uh, uh, Texas tomorrow night, six thirty. We'll have it here yes. on the game. It'll be broadcast televised on the Longhorn Network. Bill will be there with uh, with bells on. Uh, Whatever I don't know how you know baseball is superstitious, Bill. So whatever y'all been doing to Dylan Cruz, just keep it up. Don't change a thing. <laughs> I understand that that yeah that will not change. The the, the the routine will remain consistent. You're the best. Thank you so much for your All time, right, man. man. Thanks, I really Shorty. do appreciate it. All right, buddy. Bill Franquez, right, live from Austin, Texas. LSU and the Longhorns tomorrow. LSU is six and one on the early season. We'll take a timeout when we come back. We'll talk LSU hoops. So stay with us. This is the Jordy Holberg show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Brought to you by ShopRite Tobacco Plus discount outlets. If you can't shop right at ShopRite, you just can't shop right at all. By Ducks Cleaning America's Air from the inside out by Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville, the premier touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches along with permanent fat reduction. Man, it works. By the Louisiana Lottery, you can't win the jackpot until you start playing by DC's Little Capital Exxon with their true soul food deli, home of the best cheeseburger your mouth has ever tasted. I'm telling you. Uh, by uh, the Aesthetic Medicine and Anti-Aging Clinics of Louisiana. Get back in the game with Hormone Replacement Therapy. And by Cajun Chef. Oh, share. Turn up the taste with Cajun Chef Hot Sauce. Every day is a Chamber of Commerce kind of day when you're listening to the Jordy Holberg Show. This is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros in Southwest Louisiana. And we are back as we uh, continue the conversation here on this uh, Monday, February the 27th. Um, wow, I don't know where, where to begin, but I'm going to bring in my good friend from uh, Go247 Sports, uh, the Glenn, Mr. Glenn West, to talk all things LSU. Glenn, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm doing fantastic, Jordy. How are you? I, I, you know, I'm great. Uh, never say never, but I never thought I'd see 15,700 people inside that uh, configuration that play where they play basketball on campus to watch a women's basketball game, but they sure as heck did. It's amazing. 
If you build it, they will come, right? I mean, uh, 15, I mean, I think it was the largest crowd ever recorded in EMAC history. And, um, yeah, just they capped off a really special season, um, you know, regular season, 27-1. and I think it ties the program record. Um, They slipped up into the uh, top four now, so they're a number one seed, uh, you know, looking like a number one seed for the NCAA tournament, which is really good news as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I would expect very similar crowds as well, you know, come postseason time when they you know, are able to host a couple games in, in the PMAC, that should be a pretty electric environment. I think I know the answer, but I'm going to ask you the, the two, the two stars on campus, Angel Reese had, uh, her week, 23 points, 18 rebounds versus Vandy, 23 points, 26 rebounds versus Mississippi state, um, and then there's that guy that plays baseball for LSU with Dylan Cruz. All he did was for the week hit 714 with three doubles, seven ribbies, and nine runs scored. My goodness. That that's that's absurd. Both of them. Yeah. I mean, look, Dylan Cruz has been every bit the number one pick that you would expect him to be in this junior season. He's really uh carried this offense at times, has been getting on base as, as consistently as anyone in the country. Uh, just a really fantastic weekend for him. Um, even in the game where LSU kind of struggled uh, against Iowa there, he had uh, two hits and uh, was on, you know, in scoring position both times he reached base. So, um, you know, it was it was a good weekend overall for LSU baseball, which I'm sure we'll get to in a minute. But, yeah, Angel Reese, uh, National Player of the Year candidate, um, obviously a really special talent for LSU to grab out of the portal this year, and she's – uh, really lived up to the hype every step of the way. Golly, it's just kind of remarkable. Her timing is uh, is incredible, and that that is a skill set in and of itself. You said they'd be a, a number one seed maybe in the NCAA tournament. I don't think they will be. Even though they're ranked number fourth, that strength of schedule in the non-conference, and Kim Mulkey addressed that. She understands that. She said yeah. the, the, the committee's not going to let that slide by. So they're going to be a two seed no matter – unless they beat South Carolina – to win the SEC championship, maybe then they could yeah. be a number one seed. Yeah, I could absolutely see that. I mean, look, I would expect them to that to be kind of the matchup heading into the the tournament is at LSU South Carolina, um, and uh, just kind of let the cards fall where they fall. I mean, look, LSU knows they're going to have to go through South Carolina eventually. Right. And so you're going to get another shot at them here in the SEC tournament. Uh, you're able to collect more data, uh, really you know, study the matchups a second time here and see if you can't make it a little bit more uh, of a competitive game. And, uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a really good kind of week for them as they kind of leave for for their tournament here later this week. But, um, yeah, I, I think everybody's going to have their eyes on that potential rematch. And uh, if LSU can keep it a little bit closer, if they win, they certainly make the case, I think, for a number one seed. But even if they keep it close, I think uh, it certainly gives them a lot of confidence uh, heading into postseason play. Uh, Glenn West with us. Um, I thought LSU's men's team would have a better showing against Ole Miss. I guess Ole Miss was riding high with the fact that Kermit Davis Jr., my good friend, was let go. Um, and they had an interim coach in there. Uh, but 82-69, eh. yeah, two more games of- left. One at home Wednesday against Missouri, then Saturday at Florida, and then we'll go from there. Yeah, it's a lot of the same stuff, right? That's played yeah. this team all season. I mean, uh, they got outscored sixteen to four, sixteen to four in points off turnovers. Um, that's pretty much the the, the score right there, eighty two sixty nine. That's yeah. twelve point, thirteen point lead. Um, so yeah, I mean, look, they 
you know, they, they didn't shoot it very efficiently from three point range. Half their shots yeah. came from three point range and they only hit uh, seven of them. Yeah. They, they 25, the first, 15% in the first half. They ended up at 26%. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. They just, they kind of fell apart there in the second half. And that's kind of been uh, the MO at times for this team as they've, you know, really tried to get themselves out of some of these big deficits that they've created for themselves. And I think, you know, you had another really solid performance from KJ Williams, but um, yeah, overall just, uh, you know, not able to, to make the buckets when they count down the stretch. Yeah. Um, KJ, 29 points, five rebounds, LSU with only uh, 28 rebounds, but Ole Miss only had 28 as well. So anyway, Missouri, the regular season uh, home finale before they take on, uh, Florida on a football note, uh, out of, out of the clear blue sky, seven banks is gone. What's up with that? Yeah. So it was, they kind of kept it hush hush from us for a couple weeks there after the, the deadline the, for the draft was way back in January. And so, um, yeah, I think, you know, look, they, they, they would have liked to have him back. I think ideally he's a veteran guy. Uh, you know, he hadn't played a whole ton, you know, in the last couple of years because of injuries, but, um, I think it's just a it's a really good uh, kind of move for him just considering, you know, look, he, how much is he going to improve his draft stock by coming back next year um, with all the injury concerns that are surrounding him? Maybe he can uh, go in, have a good combine, maybe land on a practice squad somewhere and see if, you know, football's in his future. And so uh, for LSU, what you're looking at right now is a cornerback room that uh, is pretty much brand spanking new, just like last year. I mean, they yeah. have. Uh, all those transfers, I think they have four or five transfers. They have another three or four freshmen uh, in that room right now. And really their only returning guy is LaTerrence Welch, who didn't play a whole ton last year. He had some special teams reps. But um, they're they're going to be back to the drawing board, I think, with this crew in, in the spring. And it's going to be interesting to see which of those guys stands out. Yeah, no question about that. Um, we talked about Dylan Cruz and how special he was. LSU 6-1. and one. And it, look, they played three different teams in three different days. It's kind of like an SEC tournament or a regional type of a thing. Uh, and now they've got five games in, in seven days. I don't know how, you know, what Butler and Central Connecticut State, that doesn't sound very, very challenging to me. Uh, and Texas is not the Texas of old, but but you got to throw pictures out there, right? Yeah. And other than Paul Skeens, what do you think about Skeens is the real deal. Hey, no question about that. Uh, yeah. After that, what do you see with this uh, pitching staff? Because that's what it always, Glenn, you know, it always comes down to this. Always. Yeah. yeah, I mean, look, it's been a bit of a mixed bag. I think, you know, the coaching staff would be the first to tell you that, you know, after Skeens, they really don't have a, you know, two, three punch that they want to get in every weekend behind him. You saw Riley Cooper struggle some this last weekend uh, after a pretty good debut. Uh, you know, they only are comfortable with allowing Chase Shores to go one time through the lineup right now as he tries to uh, improve on some of his secondary pitches. So, you know, I think that's a really good uh, kind of indication that they are going to be flexible with this starting rotation behind Skeens. And you look back this weekend and, and you look at the you know relief performance of Ty Floyd. Uh, you look at Garrett Edwards and what he was able to do in relief this weekend. Um, I think you learned a little bit more about the depth of your pitching staff. You certainly, I think, still have a lot more to learn about who's going to be those starters come SEC right. play. Um, but you saved a couple of the big bullets for tomorrow and Thatcher Hurd. Uh, and Christian Little, I think those two are going to certainly pitch the majority of the game tomorrow. 
Um, Nate Ackenhausen's a guy that you could throw out a lefty uh, as well. But uh, those two guys tomorrow, Hurd and Little, I think are still uh, you know going to be in that discussion for a starting role down the stretch, and they just got to be uh, you know I think a little bit more consistent. That really surprised me with Hurd's outing against Southern, but yeah. it, it's still early because I, I thought he was a shoe in to be the man or right. one. Of the, you know, at least a Saturday starter. And maybe that's still down down the road. It's still very, very early. But he's got some skins on the wall that that leads me to believe he'll be there. I think so, yeah. And look, he was coming off a back injury last year, and they were working on some mechanical stuff with him uh, during the spring to kind of – uh, maybe alleviate some of the you know stress he's putting on his back on the mound. So um, you know he's still kind of tinkering with some stuff with his uh, with his pitching motion. And um, you know as you're kind of doing that in the middle of a season, it's hard to know exactly if you're going to have the control that you want. And so I think that's why they haven't really forced him into a weekend rotation role yet. Uh-huh. Uh, it's good to get him out there in the midweeks and see how he does. Um, certainly, you know, was a little bit all over the place against Southern, but uh, if you can have a, a bounce back effort here against Texas, I wouldn't be surprised if LSU, you know, rolls right back with them on Sunday in some capacity. Uh, Beth Tarina's softball team, they're uh, 14th ranked. They had a loss against the Raging Cajuns at home on a Saturday, went over to Lafayette and beat the Raging Cajuns on Sunday. So uh, Allie Kilponen must be, must be something special because that girl, she doesn't lose. They're they're getting a lot of crowd there too. I mean, I've watched some of the uh, you know the pictures that they've taken around yeah. the stadium and everything. I th- you know, look, softball, uh, particularly when baseball is not in town, you know they they fill up that stadium over there. Right. And um, yeah, I mean, look, they're a very good team. Uh, again, I'm not going to pretend to know everything about softball at the right. stage of the season, but uh, yeah, look, they've they've done a nice job and. Um, you know, Tarina's, you know, pretty consistently had top 15, top 10 teams at LSU. And so uh, it's nice to see them continue that stretch. I don't know when spring break is for on campus for LSU, but they're heading out to Fullerton, California. They're going to play their next 10 contests away from Tiger Park. So uh, good luck to them. Hope they pack a lot of gear because they'll be gone quite a while on that one. Um, what else? LSU, I mean they're going to be the the last seed in the tournament right yeah well they're not going to be the 15 seed like as you might have seen last week there was a uh, graphic error going along and yeah. they had LSU as the 15 seed out of 14 SEC teams which wow. is uh, you know it's kind of, a it's slap. kind of where they're at yeah. it's uh you know you 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 know you take the good with the bad i guess but um yeah look i mean at, at this point you're just playing to kind of find any kind of momentum out of the, the regular season. Uh, maybe you win a game or two, uh, you know, in, in, in the SEC tournament. And uh, But, yeah, look, this is a pretty much a, a wash of a season by now. Yeah. They only got two left. Uh, I think the biggest thing you can learn is about the young guys. And you've seen an uptick in their minutes the last several weeks. And, uh, you know, I think Tyrell Ward's had his moments where he's looked really good as a scorer. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, they, got, they got some good players. They just don't know how to win. They just, you got to understand how to play the game and how it went, went uh, value the basketball. And uh, they got some athletes. There's no question about that. Um, they're just young. And they don't understand what it, what what winning is and what you have to do on the defensive. They just don't get it yet. But we'll, we'll give us some time. Um, I remember Skip Bertman. You know, they won the SEC regular season championship. He didn't, wouldn't put much emphasis on the the SEC tournament. He just wanted to get ready for regional play. What's Kim Mulkey's uh, game plan heading into the SEC tournament? 
you know, I, I would imagine that she wants to get into that final game against South Carolina. I mean, um, if I were them, I'd want another crack at them just to see uh, yeah. what kind of adjustments they can make. Between get a neutral court. Then. Yeah. yeah, at a neutral court site, uh, it's going to be very much like a you know, NCAA tournament game if they were to face again in the tournament. So, uh, yeah, look, I think they're going to give every team their best shot. And if they can uh, match up with South Carolina in that final game, then I think you're you're looking at a really good uh, opportunity there to, to learn a little bit more about that matchup. Glenn West, you've been a busy man. Um, I tried to holler at you at the uh, – what game was that? Vanderbilt game. I had my daughter there, but – Oh man, you were, you were you were racing down the the side you know the sideline to get into the into the media room, and I didn't get a chance to say hello. But I'll say hello now, and I'll say thank you for your time on this Monday, as always. Greatly yes, appreciate sir. it. Yes, sir. Thanks, Jordy. Take care of yourself, Glenn West. Go to four seven sports. Back to wrap up our number one next. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Join us for a day of golf and giving at the game charity Golf Scramble, benefiting Redbird Ministries, sponsored by Courtesy Brobridge. Hit the links at Farm Day Alley while supporting a great cause. All proceeds from the tournament will go towards Redbird Ministries' mission, of serving families who've been given the extraordinary cross to carry the loss of a child. In addition to 18 holes of golf, the day will include great prizes, food, drink, and a fun day with the staff at the game and courtesy Brobrick. So gather your friends and your colleagues for a day on the course while making a difference in the lives of those in need. Get your foursome together and register now at 1037thegame.com. Together, we can make a difference. Don't agree with what Jordy has to say? Not to worry. He's always open to a healthy debate. Well, Dean, I'm, I'm glad that you asked that Actually, question. Actually, I'd like to jump in and take that one, Jimmy, if you don't mind. Have at it, Hoss. Give us a call on the hotline at 337-706-0111. Now back to more of the Jordy Holtberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We're back 53 minutes after the hour. Um, things getting a little bleaker for um, Alabama basketball. And we'll get into that in a little bit. Damian Lillard scored 71 points last night in Portland's win over the Houston Rockets. The output good for number eight all time. Holy cow. Uh, 13 of 22 from downtown. Uh, tying Donovan Mitchell for the most points in a game this season. He had 13 of 22, second all-time in league history behind Klay Thompson's 14 threes in a game back in 2018. Holy cow. Uh, the NFL Combine begins today. So the NFL world has invaded Indianapolis, and we'll see and update things Um Honda, what what some some of your favorite players are going to do? How are the top quarterbacks going to perform? Who who is going to is is Alabama's Bryce Young and Ohio State C.J. Stroud, Kentucky's Will Levis, Florida's Anthony Richardson? What are they going to do? Uh, are they going to participate? Are they just going to answer questions? What what are they going to do? What should they do? Um, we'll see. Tommy Fury defeated Jake Paul. Via split decision yesterday, the first career loss for the boxer slash um, social media streamer. 
Uh, the two indicated after the fight that a rematch will happen. Um, the fight was close despite Fury's clear win. So we shall see. It's official. Quinn Snyder is the new head coach in Atlanta. The coach and team agreed to a five-year contract yesterday. Um, Snyder was a Hawks assistant before his run as the head coach of the Utah Jazz from 2014 to 2022. Uh, the Padres and star third baseman Manny Machado agreed to an 11-year, $350 million contract extension yesterday. Holy cow. Baseball. Jeez. Unbelievable. So Machado is now under contract through 2034 when he'll be 41 years old. Um San Diego still apparently has sights set on Shohei Otani. How much is it going to cost to get him? Well, between Machado, Fernando Tassis, Xander Bogarts, Yu Darvish, and Joe Musgrove, the Padres have given out over $1 billion in contracts this offseason. Holy cow. No wonder the MLBPA will never agree to a salary cap in baseball. Oh my God. That is absolutely incredible. Yeah. Those are just some of the national uh, headlines out there coming up. Hour number two, a lot of hoops talk. Shelby Mast, bracketologist for USA today and the Jordy helper show. will talk about his field of 68. Christian Clark will join us. The Pels are in perilous, a perilous position right now. Number 10. Woo. Only invite 10 teams to the playoffs. They got about 21 games left. They play the Magic tonight. And Blake Rafino, more on LSU. It's all coming your way. Hour number two, the Jordy Helpert Show here on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. We'll be right back. Live and local, this is the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Open for the end zone. It's a Saints touchdown. It's time for two hours of the best sports talk on the airwaves. Here's your host, the Blonde Bomber, Jordy Holtberg. Hour number two of two and away we go. James Mesh, my producer in the game studio, spinning the tunes, pushing all the right buttons. He's on the campus of Delta Media, which houses KLWB, which is 1037 Lafayette. We're also on 1041 in Lake Charles. Streaming around the world, 1037thegame.com, 1041thegame.com. And if you're in the Acadiana area, you can turn your television sets on because we're simulcast on Stadium 32.3 and 133 on LUS Fiber. Uh, conference tournament play in college basketball gets underway tonight. The Atlantic Sun, the A-Sun tournament tonight. Uh, on Tuesday, the Horizon League, the Patriot League, the Sun Belt. Um, by Saturday, the first automatic ticket to the big dance will be punched by a team from the Ohio Valley Conference. So we're in it, baby. The best time of the year, we are in it. So let's talk about brackets with our maestro, Shelby Mast of Shelby's Bracket WAG for USA Today Sports, collegeinsider.com, and here on the game, Shelby. That, thanks for the time, as always. How about that Saturday of college hoops? Is that not a pre 
precursor for what we should expect come tournament time? I sure hope so. That was a phenomenal day, phenomenal games. The buzzer beaters, I mean, they had everything you could want. It really was. Um, Let's talk about the elephant in the room. Alabama just keeps stepping on their own toes with this um, situation that's involving them off the court, but it was on the court with the starting lineup introductions and Miller's getting patted down by a player. What are they doing? Uh, It's not a good look. And I understand him being able to play because you're innocent until proven guilty, but don't rub it in people's faces. That's just bad. Just a bad, 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 bad look. Um, And, and yeah, we we shall see if anything, it's nothing's going to come of this. He's going to play out the season and then, He's going to declare for the NBA, and that's all she wrote. Who's your number one overall seed this week? I've got Alabama up there until they fall apart. Uh, They're the number one. Kansas number two. I think they have now surpassed Houston and done enough. What what was that? Is it just the strength of schedule is why Kansas, with five losses, is ahead of Houston with just two losses? Yeah, you look at their quad one wins, and it's just crazy the amount of wins they have. And you know, their losses, none of their losses are bad losses. Houston did take a bad loss to Temple. Uh, yeah. you know, it's not a horrible loss, but still, it was at home to a much lower-ranked team, and Kansas has nothing like that. Gotcha. Shelby Mast with us. Uh, you've got Baylor on the number one seed line at 21-8. and eight. Explain their position and why. They're, they have the second most quad one wins behind Kansas. Uh, they are they, they beat Texas the other day. That's a good win because one of their best players got hurt and didn't finish the game, and they won handling. And with Purdue and Arizona losing, I, I went ahead and will with them, and their game tonight will determine if they stay there uh, UCLA is ready to take over that spot if they don't. Okay. Um, a team that's impressed me and Shaka Smarkin just coached. He's got Marquette at 23 and six. They're moving on up, aren't they? Yeah, they are. It's, uh, they, you know, everybody keeps waiting. Well, here in Texas, keeps waiting for the bottom to fall out, you know, other shoes to drop, so, so to speak, because he didn't have that success here and it's a bigger bigger program more money available and i don't know what it is but something's working for him up there and it's it's good to see what's your opinion uh kermit davis jr fired from the head spot at ole miss and i'm hearing and i don't know how much credit to give to it but i'm hearing two names being mentioned as a possible head coach there and that's will wade and chris beard that can't possibly happen, can it? I I don't know. I would hope not, but you know, Beard has been cleared of charges, but yeah. rumors have persisted about him when he was attacked. There was evidently all kinds of stuff that got covered up, and Texas knew that when they hired him. And so, you know, and Will, Will Wade, that's a everybody down there knows that that situation. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, I think Ole Miss is shooting yourself in the foot because you're welcoming trouble. And I don't think they want that. 
Okay. All right. We shall see. All right. So um, Alabama's a number one seed. Who's your second highest SEC team? Tennessee is still on the three line, but just barely. Uh, Just barely. They're 21 and eight. Yeah. Okay. Um, They were getting ready to run, try to run John Calipari out out of Lexington. Uh, but the Wildcats yeah. seem to be trending up. They're 20 and nine now. They're what third place in the SEC. How secure are they in the tournament? I think they're pretty secure. I'm not ready to say they're a lock yet. One more win would get that, but I cannot see them missing the tournament. Okay. Um, I'm high on Missouri. I, I just think they got a lot of talent. They're 21 and eight. Um, you know, right middle of the pack in the SEC. What 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 are your thoughts on Mizzou? Yeah, they've got a nice profile. They have no bad losses. Uh, I, I, it's a first year coach, so we'll see how he can play on into March. But uh, you know, pressure can get to him, and yeah. this team, I don't think so. He seems pretty calm on the sideline, but uh, he's done a nice job, and I, they're they're relevant again. Okay. Um, I'm a big believer in Arkansas. I don't know what's wrong with them. They're 19 and 10. They've got athletes across the board. I like their coach and muscleman. Um, what, what, what are the hogs looking like come tournament time? Yeah, I'm, I'm real high on them. Not by a seating, but I I like that team. If they can get a hundred percent healthy, they're going to be a tough out. But I've got them as a nine seed right now, and so that'd be have a one seed second round. That's tough, but yeah. they've got the talent where they can beat just about any of the one seeds. Uh, it's just are they all going to be there? Auburn, um, I'm not so high on Auburn. What are your thoughts about Bruce Pearl's club? I'm, I'm agreeing with you. I'm I, I've got them as a nine seed also, but. I could see them being a first-round exit. You know, I would not be surprised at all. But you have them in the tournament, so all right. And I think Mississippi State, have they played their way in? For for now, I've got okay. them just above playing game. I think they're they're fairly secure, but you know they're in a situation where you can't afford any bad loss, and that would knock them out, and not enough time to get back in. They've got to win the games they should win. Shelby Mass with us. Arizona, um, 24 and 5. You got them on the two seed line. They get upset at the buzzer by Arizona State, their big rival. What does that do for Arizona State? Well, what, how, how significant was that win for them? That was huge. I mean, they were one second from being having their season done just about. And now they're in my bracket. I I just can't overlook them. Uh, they were on life support going into that game, and it's amazing what that one shot can do. And then after Wisconsin lost wow. yesterday, I moved them in. Wow, that's awesome. Um, give me a team that you know it's not a one seed. Uh, you've got um, Alabama, Houston, Kansas, Houston, Baylor. Your two seed line in no particular order. UCLA wins the Pac-12 yesterday. Uh, with a tough win uh, at Colorado, boy, that they they got a good team. I, you know, that they're, they're kind of dangerous, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They no doubt they they are 
in play heavily for a one seed, and it's just going to take a flip up by Baylor to get it done. Who's out there that, I mean, I, I, I still believe, I don't know why, in Drew Timmy and Gonzaga, I think the pressure's off of them. Heck, they're 25-5. Yeah. and five. We know they don't play in the greatest conference, but they win the darn thing every year. Um, do they have the weapons to to get to the Final Four? I, I think they do if their bracket plays out nicely for them. You know, as long as they play teams that are a good matchup against them, if they get up a team that, or get up against a team that plays good defense in the middle, they could have problems. You know, good perimeter defense where they can't get the shots off, they could have a problem. But Gonzaga mm-hmm. seems to find a way, and I agree with what you said. The pressure is off. All right. Um, I always am interested in some of these smaller schools, like Charleston is twenty-eight and three. Oral Roberts. 27 and four. Heck, Drake is 24 and six. Um, is this going to be one of those uh, 15 beats a two kind of a deal this year? Is that, I mean, you feel comfortable that that is a good possibility? I think so. I, I'm not going to call it right now, but I think we could see upsets two to three seeds losing because there's no dominant team. Yeah. You know, we're talking one seeds. And there's still eight teams that could play themselves into the one seed line. And most years we have just one spot available. But I got, I think, I think maybe there's two or three spots available. And that, in the bottom half of the bracket, there's some pretty salty teams there. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be fun. Shelby Mass, yeah. we'll uh, we'll do it again next Monday. We'll see if Alabama can uh, maintain that number one seed line that. Uh, We'll see. We shall see. It's always fun. Thank you, my friend. You bet. Thanks for having me. All right. Shelby Mast, Shelby's Bracket, W-A-G. Uh, we'll take a quick timeout. When we come back, it's time to talk NBA hoops and the Pelicans. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The monster trucks are coming back to the Cajun Dome. The toughest monster truck tour returns March 17th and 18th in the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles has a VIP package to the toughest monster truck tour. Enter in the game rewards club at 1037thegame.com. VIP package includes four tickets, access to the pit area, a merchandise certificate, and lunch with the truck drivers on that Friday. The toughest monster truck tour is coming back, and you could win a VIP package courtesy of the game. Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Jordy Holtenberg is known far and wide as the Blonde Bomber. For the perfectly feathered golden mane he rocked back in the day at LSU. The hair may not be as golden or as long, but Jordy is still making a name for himself. Back to more of the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. We are back 18 minutes after the hour. Pelicans back in action tonight, hosting the Orlando Magic 7 p.m. inside the Smoothie King Center. Christian Clark of... Um, the NOLA.com, kind enough to join us. Christian, thanks for the time, buddy, on a game day. How are you doing? Hey, man, I'm doing great. How about yourself? 
I'm doing great, but I get a little bit worried when Willie Green uh, talks about the Pelicans' lack of urgency and calls out their lack of effort, and they are just, whoo, they are struggling, and they're right at the Mendoza line. Man, that's that's not a good thing to hear when you're when you're 21 games left in this regular season. What are your thoughts on that? Oh man, Jordy, it was they had it all. They were in first place in the West. They were really doing it. Um, yeah. I don't know what happened. I guess I do, but yeah. the two main guys got hurt and they lost all their confidence. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they're kind of in a fight now, kind of in a similar position to where they were this time a year ago. I mean, that New York game specifically. Um, awful. I mean, not the effort you would want them to see. Uh, they have not been a very good road team this year. They're 20 and yeah. 10 at home. They're t- 10 and 21 on the road. So almost mere images of each other in terms of their home and road records. And yeah, I mean, they struggled to score the ball. Nick shot the heck out of it and they just didn't defend near well enough when they kind of had a defensive minded lineup on the floor, you know, started Josh Richardson and Herb Jones together. That's he's trying everything. Um, I don't know what lineup works, but look, glass half full, right? Always glass half full. They're in 10th, but they're a game and a half out of sixth. They're also one game out of 12th. So this thing is so fluid and so moving. Um, what is the best lineup? I mean, you try to go defense. I don't know. I, I, I just can't figure it out. I, I'm, at, I'm at a loss for words, my friend, and that's not good for somebody that talks for a living. Well, I mean, look, I know I know how you feel. Um, I don't feel like there's really an easy solution. I, I mean, I, I guess I'll say this. I don't think that starting Josh Richardson and Herb together, it doesn't feel like the right one to me. I mean, right. it feels like you can go one or the other, and you need Trey out there just for the shooting, just because they're, they're struggling to, to score the ball so right. much right now, especially since, since Zion has gone down. So, you know, to me, I think the best lineup looks like either one or – Herb or Josh in the starting lineup, and you put Trey out there. And I don't think they can do this now, but I will say one thing that's interesting is, I mean, when they made that little run to the play-in last year and won those two playing games and made the first round of the playoffs, their starting power forward was Jackson Hayes. And, yeah. you know, Jackson is not definitely not a perfect player, but they had a lot of size on the floor with Jackson and JV. They had a lot of athleticism. They're killing people on the boards. Yeah. And I know Jackson has fallen out of the rotation this year. And I don't even know if you can get that back, but that was, I mean, I also just know that was something that, that worked for them at least last year. Hmm. Very, very, very interesting. Which team, I mean, which team, I mean, it looks like the Lakers are coming, man. That 27 point come from behind win over Dallas told me a lot. They, I'm worried about the Lakers and them passing up and, and, and moving on up. I mean, look, I, I am too. Definitely. Um, I mean, I think people on the Pelicans have some concern, honestly, about, you know, the Lakers right now. I thought they got a lot better with that trade. I mean, I, I, I think I said that, like, mm-hmm. the day they did it, they really didn't give up that much to, you know, get two, two three quality players there with D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, and Jared Vanderbilt. Like, they have a legitimate starting five to me now, and they still have the greatest depth in the world, but their roster was just so bad 3 through 15 before that trade and they got more shooting now, you know, Russell, when he comes back and take some of the playmaking load off of LeBron, I mean, they're, they're definitely better. And 
ah, man, you had a chance to, to go five games ahead of them in that second yeah. in that last game before the All-Star break and couldn't do yeah. it. Now it's 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 a little uh, close for comfort. <laughs> what do you say to those fans that tell me, that say, okay, uh, so the Pelicans don't have Zion. Well, the Warriors don't have Steph Curry, and they're 31 and 30. Um how do you how do you argue against that? What what do you say to somebody like that? Yeah, I I don't argue against that. I mean, that's to me that's been their their biggest issue this season. The amount of games that that Zion Williamson and Brandon Ingram have missed. I just I don't think there's really an NBA team out there who can survive the loss of of their best two players for extended stretches and ex, especially extended stretch simultaneously. I mean, yes. really, where the the season went off the rails to me. It was that 10 game losing streak and, and Zion, unfortunately was not able to play at all during that streak. And, and Brandon missed six of the 10 games. And in the four of the 10 that he did play when he's coming off that two month layoff really did not look like Brandon Ingram as, as we're accustomed to seeing. I mean, everything kind of changed, you know, after that stretch to me. And uh, most of that came without the two main guys. What is the latest? What 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 is the latest on Zion? When's he going to get checked again and all that stuff? Yeah, I haven't checked in on on that in a few days. I mean, I I think there will be an MRI pretty soon, which is you know pretty routine. But but from my understanding, I mean, I don't I don't think he's going to be back anytime soon, just because I I think the reaggravation of the in, injury was was pretty bad and. And hamstring yeah. injuries are just tough for basketball players to come back from, especially, right. you know, ones as explosive as, as Zion Williamson. So, you know, from what I was told around the time of the reaggravation, you know, of the six weeks after the All-Star break, Zion would miss the majority of those. Um, and I haven't heard anything new to tell me anything different. All right, Christian Clark with us. Um, everybody's just got to step up. Everybody's got to – got to play with energy. you got to get off to a better start in games. I don't know – what they have to do to do that, but this is a great front-running team. This is not a great team that falls behind and 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 makes up the difference and gets. They, they just don't do that, do they? Yeah, I mean, having five or six on the road is tough because they're just not a very good road team, and that's kind of been one of the trend lines in the NBA this year. There, there are so few teams, even compared to most years, who are winning on the road. I mean, New Orleans has been awful on the road. They they definitely have to win this game tonight. And, I mean, you got to win a bare minimum of, of one of these next three, I think. I mean, they're going to have this road trip. Portland, Golden State, huh. and Sacramento. you got to win at home, huh. and you got to win one of those three, I think, at, at minimum. Ooh, magic at home. Then you go to the Trailblazers. Literally just scored 71. The Warriors, Clay Thompson can't miss. Uh, and the Kings keep winning, man. That's a tough. And then you come back home and you get Luca and Irving. I mean, there is not an easy night in this league. It is crazy. No, no. I mean, there's what two teams in the Western Conference who are not really trying to win. I mean, the the Houston Rockets and the San Antonio Spurs. I mean, yeah. I don't think the the Oklahoma City Thunder are uh, you know like gunning to make the finals this year or anything like that. But like they've been. A very a pretty competitive team this year, and uh, by the way, Chet Holmgren, number two over pick, has not even played a game. I mean, they're going to yeah. be tough to deal yeah. with in the years to come. And yeah, there's there <laughs> not a lot of easy nights. I mean, there's just Ooh. there's just so much talent throughout the league, and you know that talent does not uh, play every night. But uh, 
there's a ton of talent in this league. Oh, it's crazy. It's crazy. So who does Brandon Ingram have to go and get you 30, 35 points a night for this team to have a chance to win? Or who needs to, is it a collective effort? Everybody's got to step up. I mean, what, what do you, how do you put your finger on this? Yeah. I mean, they, they need Brandon to put him on their back. Definitely. Um, I mean, I think overall these last 10, he's been pretty good. Um, I mean, to me, they just like, where are they going to get that, that third guy to score? Because you got Brandon, you got CJ, who's not playing great, but you know, CJ has been okay. I mean, where is that, that third guy offense going to come from? I mean, JV, I don't think he's been quite as good as he was last year. Right. Um, Agree. You know, I think when they won a couple of those games in that homestand right before the All-Star break, a lot of that to me was Trey Murphy was playing really well. Like, Trey Murphy shot the heck out of the ball, and I think they kind of look like a, a different team when Trey is really in rhythm on the offensive end to me. And they don't have very much outside shooting, so I, I feel like they're so dependent on Trey to make shots, and, and when he's not hot, they, they really feel it. Uh, I mean, I just – I don't think they were really built, understandably, to withstand the loss of, of Zion and his ability to create offense for everyone else. I mean, this roster is built, you know, a lot of, like, versatile, switchy wings to kind of protect Zion defensively and create turnovers and get out in the open floor and run. And I think, you know, without him, it just it doesn't make yeah. as much sense, obviously, right? Mm. Mm, well, they got to win tonight. You're going to see the uh, the rookie of the year in Paolo Bancaro, the former Duke Blue Devil. Uh, but the Pels got to get a win on this one. And then it's, oh, gosh, off on the road in two tough places at Portland, at Golden State. So um, it ain't going to be easy, but we'll see. They're holding on to uh, by, by a thread, and we'll see what, what, what happens. So good luck. But, man, this this team, you talk about a roller coaster ride of emotions yet again. Christian, I don't know if I can take it anymore, man. It's killing me. I've been doing this for four years, man. <laughs> I've been doing it. I've been doing it since the team moved from Charlotte. So I, I've seen the <laughs> man. I've seen the best of times and the worst of times. I've seen it all. I really thought this year was going to be the year, and we'll see. Maybe Zion comes back toward the end of the regular season, and they figure out a way to get into the playoffs, and then all bets are off from there. But thank you. Enjoy covering the game tonight, and uh, hopefully it'll be a good crowd, and hopefully the, the Pels will show some effort and some urgency. That's the key. Hey, you, you, don't, you don't know how many times I've said I thought this year was going to be the year. Thanks, Ben. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. Christian, thank you, buddy. Hi, right, will take. All right, we will take a timeout. We'll come back. Blake Rafino, the Are You Serious podcast after this. This is the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. We're brought to each and every day by ShopRite Tobacco Plus Discount Outlets. If you can't ShopRite at ShopRite, you just can't ShopRite at all. And are you, are you a Buku Rewards member yet? If not, why? Ducks cleaning America's air from the inside out. Eon of Lafayette, Baton Rouge, and Mandeville. It's the touchless robotic laser body contouring device that helps you lose those unwanted inches in the waist area and along with permanent fat reduction by the Louisiana Lottery. You can't win until you start playing DC's Little Capital Exxon. Everything under the sun inside their store, including a true soul food deli, best 
cheeseburger ever. And by Cajun Chef. Ah, oh, crawfish season is here. <laughs> Why don't you turn up the taste and add some Cajun Chef hot sauce to it? The Jordy Holberg Show prides itself on settling for nothing less than the best. This thing has a variety of nauseating aspects to it. Jordy has the best takes, the best guests, and let's be honest, the best nickname. The Blonde Bomber is cool as hell. I agree. All right. Let's play ball. Back to only the best on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, welcome back. Uh, 35 minutes after the hour. Always fun to welcome in uh, on a Monday our good friend from the Are You Serious podcast. The um, enigmatic one, uh, Blake Rafino. He rants, he raves, and he has good takes. How are you, my friend? Jordy, don't use words I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what is um, you know what I didn't mean? know? I'm about to learn some, I teach me something today. Yeah, you know what I didn't know? I didn't know seven banks had gone into the draft. Me either. What's up with my, that? I, I actually, so... I talked to Seven Banks two weeks ago, and he said he didn't. Um, so, I mean, filing the appeal or whatever to get in. I mean, I think he was just waiting to get the clearance. And, and Jordan, it's, I mean, you know, the kid's come through a lot, you know, going yes, into your sixth year. I mean, I, I don't blame him. I don't blame him. I think it's, I'm not going to say it's a good choice, but I, I, I understand it. He keeps getting hurt, man. The kid, I, I feel for him. He gets hurt. Uh, he was one of four veteran cornerbacks who transferred to LSU last year, um, along with Mecky Garner, Jarek Bernard Converse, Colby Richardson. They're all gone. They're all gone. So it's going to be a whole new defensive backfield because um, Jay Ward declared for the draft and multiple backups transferred. So but all you got left is LaTerrence Welch. Good luck. Defensive backfield just has a whole new look to it. Yeah, I mean, but you do got a lot of talent there. You get Denver Harris, you get Zion Alexander, you get Deuce Chestnut. Two of those guys are freshman All-Americans. Zion Alexander was sh- – so let me tell you something about Zion Alexander. Zion Alexander, P5 programs in Southeastern uh, play them, Jordy. I mean, right. just being there with them and watching all their games because, you know, I'm, I'm still a graduate from there. They So TCU didn't throw at they threw at him once. He picked it off. They stopped throwing at him. And here's here's an interesting fact: they didn't give him the interception. Meaning the stats, uh, for whatever reason, TCU did not award him. But even though we have video, there wasn't a penalty, nothing. So, I, I, listen, it's crazy, very crazy. It's one of the weirdest things you'll ever see in college football. But nobody cares about that though, Jordy. Because why? Because it's you know it's TCU versus Southeastern. Uh, right. So another example, Lindsey Scott, who broke the Joe Burrow's passing touchdown record, he did not throw it. He threw it him once, Jordy got picked. Then he threw at him another time at a fade route to try to at the end of the half, and he got break, broken up. And he better be glad that it, a Southeastern defender ran into Zion Alexander because that would have been picked. So we've seen him go against better – the better the talent and the more tested, Jordy, the more that he's picked balls off. So I, I do think that you have – oh, and by the way, J.K. Johnson, the kid from Ohio State, might be the fastest player on the team. 
Uh, you know, some people said that he, you know, I talked to him about six weeks ago and then talked to a buddy of mine who, who worked strength and addition at Ohio State who said unofficially he ran a 429. So, okay, so Jordy, at worst, add a whole tenth of a second and he runs a, what, a 439, right? So, yeah. I mean, you get to a point where you do have a lot of talent. Now, the ultimate question would be, you're, like for week one, you're facing a veteran quarterback, veteran right. wide receiver room, veteran yeah. line, veteran running back room. It doesn't bode well for a very inexperienced DB room, regardless That's of how right. talented they are. So I, I can make all the claims that I want to, but at the same time, Jordy, does the, does the corner know that the safety is going to rotate over on a, 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 in any kind of look on a flood route? You know, and so there are there are complications that mend you. LSU got bailed out a lot of times, though. I thought last year by those guys being smarter and being more experienced in the back end. I will admit that. A um, couple of questions: LSU football. Harold Perkins. What do you think their plans are for him? You think they're going to try and move him to be a middle linebacker, or do you think they're going to keep him on the edge? That's one of those big question marks. I think. I don't think if you're going to go move him in the middle primarily, you go and get Omar Spates to start with alongside Greg Penn. Okay. But, Jordan's the ultimate question, what do you do with him? Yeah. I mean, here's my – and I'm not trying to criticize Matt House, but I thought he utilized him very well on third downs, obviously with the spy and Lenny Russell passer against Arkansas. Yeah. But then you turn right around against Georgia and you got him out there covering the flat. It makes no sense. So right. I agree. Now, now they're all worse. So here's the thing about Harold Parkins, because we get enamored by what he did and we should. And he's an amazing player. Jordan, go talk, go, go pop in that, that Georgia film, go pop in that Texas A&M film and watch him get manhandled in the running game. Physically manhandled, okay? Right. It, like, it's not a joke. Like, I mean, it was bad. He might have been mm-hmm. – Jordy – so he – so Pro Football Focus had him graded at 91.9, okay, because of what he did on the edge. He was the worst LSU player in those two games in a run. The worst. It wasn't close. Oh, okay. So, so when, you, when you go and look at him in the running game, he's got a lot – especially – especially when he moves into the middle. I just don't know if it suits him well enough right right now. Now, Jordan, we can go out there in three weeks, and he's put on 15 pounds of muscle, okay? And I'm like, Jordan, remember I told you three weeks ago? I lied. Yeah. I'm an idiot. I should have never doubted the kid, okay? Yeah. But I can only go based off of what I've seen right now. And right now, I just think you've got to utilize him the way that you've been do- using him because when he gets in the running game, he gets really exposed. Now, if you don't believe me, which is fine if you don't, then go on any service that you pay for and look at those same things because they will tell you the exact same thing. Gotcha. I, I, I believe you. I'm not going to doubt you. No, I, I, I know that you do. You know what I'm saying. I know. I know what you're saying. Um, my uh, Spring practice starts this month. Uh, how close is Brian Kelly to finding his new special teams coordinator? I think within a week to 10 days, I know that he had, he's done some interviews um, with a couple of guys. Some of it makes sense. Some of it is just young and 
really good recruiters. But I, I think within 10 days, I, I really believe guys that have been specific special teams guys and don't have a background anywhere else. Um, you know, Marty Biagi uh, from Ole Miss comes to mind. He's been at O'Brien Kelly before. Um, so somebody to watch out for. But there are some other, another, a couple other names that haven't gotten a lot of traction. But, you know, one thing is for certain, nothing's leaking. That's for yeah. darn sure. Okay, because yeah. you can talk to anybody around there and like, yeah, man, I mean, we know maybe an interview or two, but other than that, he hasn't told us anything. So I had to talk to him. He's keeping it pretty close to the best. Yeah, those those walls do not talk um, like they used to in the past, and Brian Kelly certainly doesn't uh, offer anything up like other coaches in the past would do. Uh, Blake Rafino, the Are You Serious podcast, 15,700 and change to see a women's basketball game. The impact that that coach has made on that program is phenomenal. I think she's more important than what Way was. I don't even yeah. think it's a high take. I, I mean, yeah. Jordy, you're selling out women's – and listen, in today's day and age, I don't mean this in a negative way. She's selling out women's basketball. Oh, by the way, by the way, on a Sunday. Yes. Oh, and by the way, LSU baseball is playing. Yes. Okay? So, so you're going to have to explain to me, outside of Brian Kelly and Jay Johnson, okay, and maybe even to their level outside. I mean, I get you get what I mean about the Brian Kelly thing. She yeah. she's bringing more revenue and more money and more exposure to LSU as a whole. Forget it being women's athletics than anybody in that building. So, I enjoyed it. They're really good. And oh, by the yeah. way, she's got the number one class. She's gonna have the number one portal class. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. It, I mean, it is. Jordan, did you it is the, the Michaela Williams girl. The, the kid that, that, that signed, did you see her first, uh, I think, six plays the other night in the, in the, in the, in the playoff game? She hits, no. she hits two threes. Then she gets the steal. She, got, she gets the layup. Then I think something happens where she gets fouled. She hits two free throws. Then she comes back down the court again. She does a, spec, a, 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 a drop back from the key, hits it. Bang. All game. I mean, and that's what she's got coming in here. It, it's yeah. ridiculous. Now, I'm going to go see her because, you know, Southeastern hosts a lot of the high school tournaments. I, I think they still got it this year. I'm really going to go watch her play because what, what, what even that young lady can do from the one is just ridiculous. So, yeah. she's got even she's more. Big. Oh, and by the way, did you hear Angel Reese might come back? <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, I, I would bet that she would. Um unless this team does something which is, you know, wins the national championship, but I, I would suspect her to come back. Yes. Yes. Well, and here's another thing, Jordy. I mean, look, now South Carolina is really good. Really, really good. Yeah. They were on the ropes against Ole Miss uh, last week. Neutral court, Miss, baby. They had, to go, they had to go into overtime. Here's my question. If LSU plays South Carolina three times, probably, they, it would look as if they'll play them in the tournament, and then they'll play him in the big tournament. Jordy, are you going to tell me that that team can't figure him out once? Oh, yeah. So, yeah. You get him on a neutral court, uh, we're talking a whole different ball game. Whole different ball no game. No doubt. No question. No doubt. Because this that team got they, – they were like, oh, oh, okay. So this is what 
basketball is. They they hadn't seen anything like that. Now they got a taste of it. Now they understand. Uh, so yeah, I, I'll give them a good shot uh, on that one. I, I really will. Um, it's amazing what she's done. Baseball, one loss. Who cares? Uh, they can hit at Dylan Cruz. My God, my gosh, is he oh, on a heater? Yeah, he's on a heater. Yeah, on his birthday, went five for five for six. I mean, SEC co-player, uh, SEC co-player of the week. You know, I mean, the Pirates better not overthink it. I mean, now the Pirates really need pitching, bad, really, really bad. I mean, because what people don't, what you know, people don't follow baseball a lot, and so and I understand that. But the Pirates have a lot of young talent. I think they got Thompson. They have the uh, uh, O'Neill, who is the six-seven uh, uh, shortstop. I mean, they've got a lot of uh, position talent. They need pitching. But if you if you're the Pirates, I, I mean, come on. So Jordy might be the number one overall pick. Who's going to be? Who's going to be down, better? He could go down as the best LSU baseball player ever because he's I, playing I in an era with BB Core. I mean, if he had a wooden bat, Jordy, it would be. If it, the truth, it would be even worse. Jordan, he went. He, he played for the USA team, and he hit better than what he's doing at LSU. Yeah, it would be worse. It, it could be worse because you're not in the BB Core era. Yeah, I'm with you. He's going to be better than Bregman in the bigs. He's, he's bigger. He, he's he's a better athlete. He's he's a stud. He is a stud. Uh, Blake Rafino, we got to talk about defensive backs and spring balls right around the corner. Uh, keep your ear to the ground like you always do, my man. And thank you so much. Always, Jory. See you next week. You, you, you take care, buddy. Blake Rafino, the Are You Serious podcast. Back to wrap it up after this final timeout. It's the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. You want to take your lady out for a nice dinner, but you're low on cash? No worries. The Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com can help you with your date night blues. As a member of our rewards club, you'll have the opportunity to score excellent prizes like a $150 gift certificate to Mr. Lester Steakhouse at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. How about a $50 gift certificate to Richard Seafood Patio in Abbeville? Or a $40 gift card to Misfits Dine and Drink in Broussard. And a $25 gift certificate to Mabel's Kitchen at Cypress Bayou Casino Resort. You can only score these great prizes by becoming a member of the Game Clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com. It's free. It's simple. So go sign up today. Here's three pieces of advice to live by. Never play cards with a guy whose last name is a state. Don't spit into the wind. And always listen to the Jordy Holberg Show on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. All right, we are back. It's a little tidbits to tie things over. The Washington Commanders have released quarterback Carson Wentz after one season. Uh, apparently the Milwaukee Bucks are worth three and a half billion dollars as the owners of the Cleveland Browns, the Haslam family has uh, bought into that after the owner, Mr. Lazary has agreed to sell his stake in the Bucks, 3.5 million. Uh, Houston, Alabama remain atop the men's AP top 25 poll. 
South Carolina stays number one in the women's hoops poll for the 36th straight week. 36 straight weeks. That's uh, that's kind of remarkable, right? It's kind of remarkable. LSU's women's team, after after their win, have jumped up to number four. So it's South Carolina number one, Indiana number two, Utah number three, LSU at number four, 27 and one overall. Um, non-conference strength of schedule really hurt LSU. The net is great for LSU. So we'll see uh, what happens when the uh, the final bracket gets released. Uh, sources are saying that the Chicago Bears are leaning toward moving the number one pick in the draft. Um, Bears own the top pick when anywhere from eight to 12 teams could be looking to make a switch at quarterback. They will hold some team for ransom to see if they uh, will – Take that pick and give them the world for it. So stay tuned. Um, special thanks to our guest today, Bill Franquez, LSU Baseball, Glenn West, everything else, LSU Shelby Mass with his latest bracket. Christian Clark, the Pels versus the Magic tonight. Do they ever need a win? It's okay. It's a must win for the Pels and Blake Rafino. Um, if today is your birthday, February 27th, happy birthday from all of us to all of you. It's a very special Happy 53rd birthday to a gentleman born in Maurice, Louisiana. He uh, he won the Kentucky Derby in 1998, in 2000, and in 2008. He was the Preakness States champion in 1998 and 2008 and 2016. He won the Belmont Stakes in 2009. U.S. champion jockey by wins in 1987, 88, and 89. Happy 53rd birthday to the legendary Kent DeSormo. He of the jockey frame won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven major championships in thoroughbred horse racing. Good for him. Happy birthday. Uh, tomorrow we'll preview LSU baseball versus Texas. We'll talk about all the conference tournaments that are out there. We'll recap the Pels. Got to get a win over the Magic. And we'll, of course, talk to Bob Rose of the Saints News Network for the Black and Gold Report. James Mesh, thank you for all you do. Thanks to all of you for listening in whatever form or fashion that you do. Thanks to our partners that make it possible each and every day. Come on back tomorrow, same time, 2 to 4. Same great stations, 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles. Until then... I'm Jordy Helpert. Stay thirsty, my friends. Do everything you can to stay healthy. Let's be kind to one another and be happy. Crunch time with Miguez and Mesh next. <laughs>